the blast from our past network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Throwback Trivia Takedown. Here are your hosts, Adam and John Spees. Welcome to Throwback Trivia Takedown, a no-holds-barred trivia match between two contenders fighting for nostalgic glory. I'm your host, John Spees. And I'm your co-host, Adam Spees. Today, we have two players ready to take each other out. In one corner, woo-woo, all aboard the Josh train. Toot-toot, baby. Welcome back, Josh the Wonder Kid Wenrick. Josh, remind the folks at home a little bit about you. Good evening, gentlemen. I've missed you guys. It's uh, It's been a while, but I'm now safely ensconced in my home in Virginia. I think the last time uh, I was on, I was pretty much traveling throughout the country. Mm-hmm. So I uh, got my house, got my slipper socks on. I'm ready to go. Excellent. And in the other corner, we have the Minnesota big boy himself, Dan the Locust Lumberjack Lundberg. <laughs> What's a locust lumberjack? Uh, that would be you like he's from the town. I don't know. Dan, if you would, uh, introduce yourself and uh, let the people at home know a little bit about you. Well, my name is Dan. I am a um, child care administrator by day. I'm a board game designer by, by night and um, by weekends, and I'll be spending all day tomorrow at a board game convention um, showing off a game of mine, of my own design, and... Uh, hopefully selling some of them. We'll see how that goes. Excellent. All right, folks. Well, let's learn how to play the game. Entering the ring are two contestants who will engage in three rounds of head-to-head trivia. Here are the rules. Round one consists of 10 questions in different pop culture categories focused on a decade that will be randomized. If you answer incorrectly, your opponent has the chance to steal. And the categories are movies, music, television, toys and games, sports, fashion, slang, news and politics, literature, and food. Round two consists of the same 10 categories, but this time your opponent gets to pick your category. Each correct answer gives you 10 points. In the final round, you may bid up to as many points as you've earned before answering the final two questions. The categories for the final questions will be picked by the contestants but the decade will again be randomized from those remaining. You must get both answers correct to earn your wager. Now it's time for a takedown. All right, since yesterday, as of this recording, yesterday was Veterans Day, I would like you two to tell me, what is your favorite military movie? While they're thinking about it, I want to just throw out, I think this is a pretty cool matchup. We got the only person in the tournament who could take down the train was Scott Barber, who ended up winning the whole thing, obviously, in the finals against Josh. Uh, but Dan Lungberg is his partner in trivia, uh, partner in crime as well, uh, and he's part of the Sinister Six. Uh, we've had Scott and also Jeffrey Seguritan, who took down Scott in uh, one of our <laughs> earlier games. So uh, a lot of good stuff. So I'm very curious to see how Josh and Dan will pair up. I think it's going to be a very good matchup. I really should have mentioned the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast, too, too, while I was in my introduction, but uh, I'm also part of that crew, so let's uh, 
throw that out there. Yes, please. So since I can't take on Scott, Dan is, is the next best thing. <laughs> He's my retribution, I guess. Is that it? That's it. I mean, I'm just going to see. Like, you can, you know, can you run through most of the Sinister Six? I think there's, you, you have a good shot. All right. Yep. Still waiting for those answers. <laughs> it's just, I'll let Dan oh, go. Oh, I was first. supposed to be thinking of that. I'm <laughs> That's sorry. That's right. Oh, man. Um, Age before beauty, Dan. There you go. <laughs> I'm going to go with a classic. I'm going to go with Apocalypse Now. I really enjoy that film. Um, I think it takes a, uh, it, it starts itself as a, as a, as a, as a really good military movie. And then it starts going down that dark, uh, that dark path down into the heart of darkness. And um, I, I truly enjoy that film. So I'm going to go with apocalypse now. All right, Josh. That that's a good one. Uh, and to be honest, I didn't even think about that. I had it, I had it down to three and the, uh, the two that I didn't go with are uh, saving private Ryan and stripes, both excellent movies. Uh, of different bent but the one i'm going to go with is also a pretty dark movie starts out amazing goes down a little bit but still ends up pretty strong and that's full metal jacket all right two strong contenders but i gotta say apocalypse now bored me to tears <laughs> so you just don't like the smell of napalm in the i air. do not I also did not really care for Brando in that movie. All right, so Josh is going to get to pick first in round one. Josh, what category would you like? All right, Joker. Here we go. Let's go with, uh, I'll go with my standby. I'll go with movies to lead it off. Okay. And our decade is the 90s. 1999's 10 Things I Hate About You was a modern retelling of what William Shakespeare comedy? The Taming of the Shrew. The Taming of the Shrew is correct. That was a movie that I actually remember going to see in the theater, and the first half of that movie I thought was the dumbest thing I'd ever seen. And then it got good. I was shocked by the end. I was like, oh, this actually turned into a pretty good movie, and I was afraid it was going to be horrible. I took a date to it. That's why I went. Is that a peach fruit roll-up? Because you never really see those. Sorry, that's I, I love that movie and I can quote oh. every line from that movie. I was like, who's got a peach fruit roll up? I got I, excited. I was looking I was looking at all the pictures on uh, on Zoom and didn't see one. No, no, it's that I, I, I would have just picked the the most obscure line from the show, but you know, I mean Well, you're picking obscure lines and you get to pick your next category. Um I'll go with uh I'll go with news and politics. Okay. Decade is the 2000s. September 11, 2001 marked a horrific event in American history. But in a moment of heroism, passengers on United Airlines Flight 93 attempted to take back control of their plane when it crashed near what Pennsylvania town? Oh, man. Um, oh, I should know that one off the top of my head, and I don't. Um, it's in there. Um as many of you who have listened to my show know that I've got a place that I go to uh, come up with answers, but I don't know how quickly we need to have them on your show. Um, well, I ain't got all day there, Dan. Uh, <laughs> it's there. Are you looking for, are you looking for like a specific, like right next to a town or like someplace that's like close to where it was? I mean, no, I'm looking for the name of the town that it crashed okay. right next to. All right. It's not coming to me, and I'm not going to waste your time. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to throw anything out there right now. All right, Josh, can you steal? I don't know. I, I, I 
Like Dan, I think it's in there. I got a name that's coming up, but uh, yeah, um, trying to think if there's anything else. And like, no, I'm gonna go with my educated guess of Shanksville. Shanksville is correct. Yep. Whoa! As soon as I heard it, yep. Good pull, Josh, with the steal, and he gets to pick his next category. Well, I'll I'll go with literature. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I hate all of 19, you. 1950s, if if you could please. <laughs> You're not far off. It's the 60s. <laughs> all right, and this question is brought to us by Jody Steele. Thank you, Jody. Written in 1961, this book by Sheila Burnford tells the story of Luath, Bodger, and Tao three pets who travel 300 miles across the Canadian wilderness to find their human family. It was adapted by Disney not once, but twice in 1963 and 1993. Okay, so yeah, the last clue helps me out because I had no idea who this author is. So I'll go with The Incredible Journey. The Incredible Journey is correct. Which of course was Homeward Bound in the uh, the Disney recent film, more recent, 93. All right. We need to get some points on the board for Dan. What what category would you like, sir? Give me TV. Got it. Decade is the 50s. The Many Loves of Dobie Gillis was a series starting in 1959 about a young man trying to find the better things in life. It starred Dwayne Hickman as the title character and what future castaway as his best friend, Maynard G. Cribs. I think that was uh, Bob Denver. Bob Denver is correct. Uh, for the record, I loved that show. I would watch it on, on Nick at Night. Uh, when it, back when Nickelodeon turned into Nick at Night around 9 p.m. Yeah, before that whole TV land BS. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, so far, every question has been answered. Let's see if we can keep that trend going. Josh, what category would you like? Uh, I'll shoot for sports. Okay. And your decade is the 2000s. In 2005, what Spanish tennis player won his first Grand Slam title when he beat Roger Federer at the French Open on his 19th birthday? The only Spanish tennis player that I know that's been dominant is Rafael Nadal, so I'll go with Nadal. Rafael Nadal is correct. I think, I mean, what a what a time in tennis that we live in. You know, three of the greatest of all time. If As long as you like those three, then you're good. <laughs> if you like anyone else, you're screwed. But between Djokovic, Nadal, and Federer, you have the three best of all time playing. All right, Dan, what would you like? Music, please. Music. And we're staying in the 2000s. All right. And this question also comes to us from Jody Steele. Despite being known for his early 2000s party anthems with his group The East Side Boys and his love of exclamations, this Atlanta-based crunk rapper has been happily married since 2004, is a devoted family man, and these days, he appears on the Jumbotron at Mercedes-Benz Stadium to hype up fans during sporting events. Can you hear that one more time, please? Yes, it was a very wordy question. Despite being known for his early 2000s party anthems with his group, the Eastside Boys, and his love of exclamations, 
This Atlanta-based crunk rapper has been happily married since 2004, is a devoted family man, and these days he appears on the Jumbotron at Mercedes-Benz Stadium to hype up fans during sporting events. Would this be uh, Lil John? What? What? Lil John is correct. Yeah! <laughs> Gotta do it. You kind of you kind of do. You kind of do. Yeah, you got to. I love I love that uh Dave Ch- uh, Chappelle, the Chappelle show when he's playing like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Just keeps going back. What? All right, Josh, looks like what we got left is toys and games, fashion, slang and food. Not sure if I'm going to do toys and games since Dan is such a, you know, since that is his self-professed uh job there. Um I'll go with fashion. Get it out of the way. Okay. And your decade is the 60s. And guess what? This question is also brought to us by Jody Steele. Good job. Characteristic of the British mod fashion of the 1960s, this style of men's clothing sounds like it's just fine. I'm coming up with absolutely nothing. Uh, I'll go with a wrong answer of Sublime, just because I like the group. (laughs) Sublime is incorrect. Dan, can you steal? Just fine. Makes me think of OK Soda, um, which is not from the 60s, nor fashion. Um, Probably not even OK either. No. Oh, (laughs) it was not. I'm Man, um, usually I'm pretty decent at this, but I can't come up with it anything for this um just fine okay um meh <laughs> um <laughs> men's fashion it's not the and i'm a really hard time with this um may have to let this one go um yeah i i don't have anything all right uh this one is a tough one adam did you ever guess I, for some reason, is Soso a fashion brand? No. Darn. I don't know. Uh, the style of men's clothing was called dandy. Oh, clothes, fine and dandy. Fine and dandy. Okay, I see what fine you did there. Dandy. Yeah, well, lame. I guess I associate dandy with like 1890s, like, you know, uh, the turn of the century. I wouldn't have thought of that. Uh, right. We have our first uh, miss, and... I believe Dan is your turn to pick a category. Uh, I I picked. Fa- oh wait, no, I didn't pick fashion, did I? Um, nope. Nope. Um, let's go with food. Okay. And your decade is the seventies. What national fast food chain was started in 1972 in Louisiana, and according to the founder, was named after a character in the movie The French Connection, and not. The comic strip character. It's going to be Popeyes. It is going to be Popeyes. Love that chicken from Popeyes. I like ads. They get stuck <laughs> in my head. I don't know if I've ever really had Popeyes chicken. I will say I got their chicken sandwich because of all the hype, and it's dang good. It's, it is. I, I like, I'm not, <laughs> and I am a Chick fil A man, but it's a better sandwich. It is just a better sandwich. Uh, all right, Josh, we have Toys and Games and Slang. Which one do you want to take and which one do you want to leave for Dan? I'll go with Slang. Okay. 
We are back to the 60s. We're not talking about luggage. In the 1960s, what slang term symbolized your problems or something that made you upset? I feel that uh, this answer, I mean, I think I've used this a couple times, but I'll go with baggage. Baggage? I will accept. I was looking for bag, but baggage will count. Like not my bag. Yeah. Phew. All right. And that leaves Dan with Toys and Games. Mm -hmm. And we're staying in the 60s. A lot of 60s. All right. Hey, it's another Jody Steele question. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Jody. Debuting in 1968, this game was originally released by Shaper Toys, but is now produced by Hasbro. Players take turns using a small hammer to remove plastic blocks. The game has featured a penguin named Philip, a man on skates, and a polar bear. That's a don't break the ice. Don't break the ice is correct. All right. I'd say a pretty strong round. Only one question was not answered by either contestant in that. Adam, would you tell us what our score is at the end of round one? I can with just that one question missing. Josh has the slight lead with 50 to Dan's 40. All right. And since Josh got to pick first in round one, Dan, you are going to pick for Josh first in round two. What category do you want to give him? Let's give him fashion. Okay. (laughs) And the decade is the 2000s. These T-shirts, often embellished with rhinestones, were fashionable from late 2008 until the mid-2010s when they fell out of favor due to their unintended popularity among young young clubgoers stereotyped for being thubs, thugs, jocks, or guidos. I wrote that question, and I had a hard, I had a hard time saying it. Can I, can I have you repeat the question Absolutely. one more time? These T-shirts, often embellished with rhinestones, were fashionable from late 2008 until the mid-2010s when they fell out of favor due to their unintended popularity among young cl- clubgoers stereotyped for being thugs, jocks, or guidos. The way that... The way you end the way you end the question, I don't know. I feel that that's like a, maybe a Ferris Bueller reference. I, I have no, I don't know if that's the direction you're, you were intended or not. Or I, maybe I'm just really uh, digging into this because I have no idea otherwise. Um, I've never heard of these T-shirts. Yeah, uh, I'll just because they already said it. I'll just say a, a Bueller T-shirt. Bueller is incorrect. Dan, can you steal? Probably not. I've been getting a lot of 2000s questions, and I would have told you at the very beginning of this show that 2000s is my least, um, the least of my of my decades for this show. Um, <laughs> I was I was very much already into um, adulthood and <laughs> um, not caring about style at all. I was wearing I was wearing uh, um, hoodies by that time. Um, I I don't have a guest at this. All right. Well, we found uh, both Josh and Dan's weakness because this is the only category that they've missed. Both Adam, do you have a guess for this? I do. I feel like it's going to be either possibly Ed Hardy, but the one that's really coming to my mind is Affliction. Is it Affliction? It was Ed Hardy. It wasn't. Okay, darn. They're both very uh, kind of obnoxiously like that. So, all right. right. Well, no points there. Uh, All right. Josh, what do you want to give to Dan? I'll see how well Dan does in slang. Okay. And it's the 50s. In the 50s, a bird dog 
was someone who was trying to steal your what? Probably your significant other. Your significant other is correct. Because ladies were birds back in the day. <laughs> All right. Uh, good poll. And what category do you want to give to Josh? We'll go food. Okay. And we finally hit an 80s question. Until the mid-1980s, Burger King's breakfast menu was almost the same as McDonald's. Then the company added what item? A tasty treat that was easy to eat on the go. The name is redundant if you happen to know the culinary term for cutting something in a particular way. I guess I should have eaten at Burger King more often. <laughs> mm. Never say that. It's one, of the, <laughs> it's one of the lowest of the low, in my opinion. I disagree. It's okay. Uh, I mean, there's a lot I will rank before Burger King. I mean, it's it's edible. I'd eat it, but after Hardee's, I'd eat it after, obviously, McDonald's. Even though I Popeye's. Eat- yeah, Popeye's, definitely. Love that chicken from Popeye's. <laughs> mm. uh, I'll go with the wrong answer of uh, uh, cross-cut. Hash browns, cross cut, ha- cross cut hash browns. Cross cut, yeah, cross cut hash browns is incorrect. Dan, can you steal? Can I hear it one more time, please? Sure. Until the mid 1980s, Burger King's breakfast menu was almost the same as McDonald's. Then the company added what item? A tasty treat that was easy to eat on the go. The name is redundant if you happen to know the culinary term for cutting something in a particular way. So now. Now that we're into the second category of food, I can tell you that I'm a trained chef. So I do know culinary terms. I just can't figure out which one this is referencing. Um, The only thing that I know that was groundbreaking at that time that they introduced, but I don't know what it would have to do with cutting, um, would be the croissant, which so I'm just going to say the croissant, which croissant, which is incorrect. Uh, so Dan, I also went to culinary school and was trained. Uh, do you remember what the term is for cutting something into sticks? A, well, there's different ones. There's the, yeah. there's the baton, there's the julienne, there's, um. It's th- in this case, it's not a particular size. Oh, why can't I think of what that was called? Um. I don't, I don't. As soon as you say it, I'm going to know what the breakfast item was, though. Well, so this is where we get the name for a couple of these things. Uh, to cut something into strips is to French it. Oh, French so toast sticks. So French toast sticks. Like what I French was fries, et yes. et cetera, et cetera. French, French fries is actually yep. a short term for Frenched fried potatoes. Yep. yep. All right. Adam, I'm lost. Where are we? <laughs> uh, I believe Josh is picking for Dan. All right. I'll give Dan music. Okay. Way, way back to the 50s. And this question also comes to us from Jody Steele. Thank you, Jody. All right. I'm I'm sensing a theme, and I'm not liking this theme. So uh... (laughs) The theme is, is she sent me a lot of questions, and I was being very lazy and put them all in my thing. This country music legend had her first major success with Walking After Midnight in 1957 after a televised performance on Arthur Godfrey's Talent Scouts. The song hit both the country and pop tar- pop charts. <laughs> I love pop charts. 
<laughs> she tragically died in a plane crash in 1963 along with the cowboy Copas, Hackshaw Hawkins, and manager Randy Hughes. It's uh, Patsy Cline. That would be Miss Patsy Cline. Mm-hmm. After midnight. And you know her uh, most famous song? Walking After Midnight? No, no, no. Crazy. Crazy. Oh, crazy. Crazy. Definitely, yeah. And you know who that was written by? Willie Nelson. Willie Nelson. Very good. Nice. A little extra trivia for you. All right. Uh, Dan, what do you want to give to Josh? Sports. Okay. Supports. And we're staying way back in the 50s. In March of 1951, this sports organization held its first all-star game that included players such as Bob Davies, Dolph Shays, and George McCann. It was also the first season the league was integrated. I will answer that with the NBA. NBA is correct. All right. And Josh, what do you want to give to Dan? I'll give him toys and games. Toys and games. And it's the 90s. What game, first released on PC in 1999, is an arena first-person shooter with head-to-head multiplayer deathmatches being the primary focus of the game? The single-player campaign is a series of arena matches played with bots where the player competes for the title of Grand Champion. I need to hear that again. Mm -hmm. What game, first released on PC in 1999, is an arena first-person shooter with head-to-head multiplayer deathmatches being its primary focus. The single-player campaign is a series of arena matches played with bots, where the player competes for the title of Grand Champion. It's just a little after my time playing video games. I'm a analog game person. Again, I don't have a guess, so I'm not going to give Josh any um, ammunition. <laughs> Uh, all right, and Josh, can you steal? Can you repeat the question one more time? <laughs> what game, first released on PC in 1999, is an arena first-person shooter with head-to-head multiplayer deathmatches being the primary focus? The single-player campaign is a series of arena matches played with bots where player competes for the title of Grand Champion. Like Dan, I'm really not coming up with anything, but I think uh, since since he doesn't since he already guessed, I'm going to out a wrong answer of uh, Super Mario Kart. Super Mario Kart is incorrect. I was looking for Unreal Tournament. Yeah. Yep. The uh, Unreal Engine is something that a lot of people might recognize because a lot of games are built on the Unreal Engine. Um, but it's that was created for Unreal. And I don't know if it was created for the Unreal Tournament or one of like the later sequels. But anyway. Yep. Unreal Tournament. Good stuff. All right. Uh, no points there. Dan, what category do you want to give to Josh? TV. Okay. Decade is the 70s. Based on books written by Laura Ingalls Wilder, what TV series told the story of Charles Ingalls and his wife and four daughters? Little House on the Prairie. Little House on the Prairie is correct. All right. And I believe we have literature... News and politics, and that is it. Oh no, movies, and movies, and movies. Yep. All right, just so I can say it again, I'll, I'll give uh, Dan literature for. Woo! Uh... It's so catch. It's so catching on. <laughs> 
And we're staying in the 70s. I was just going to say, I mean, you know, Ben and Chris, they have so many. Like, couldn't I just have one? Can't you give me one, John? No, because it's stupid. (laughs) If it would have been creative, I would have said yes, but no, this one's stupid. Okay. What 1974 book by Robert Persig is a fictionalized autobiography and is the first of Percy's texts in which he explores his metaphysics of quality. Not as popular at Sturgis as one would think. Um, it's a Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance is correct. What do you want to give to Josh? I'll give him news and politics. Okay. The decade is the 60s. John F. Kennedy was allegedly killed by Lee Harvey Oswald in Dallas, Texas. But who killed Oswald? That is Jack Ruby. That is Jack Ruby. Good pull. All right, what do we got left? Movies. Movies, Movies for Dan. All right. The decade is the 70s. Forget it, Jake. It's what 1974 noir mystery starring Jack Nicholson and Faye Dunaway. Chinatown. Chinatown is correct. And I just want to say I have been sitting on that question for months. (laughs) And I'm honestly finally glad to be rid of it. I always find like in certain decades, the dice just rolls on the same thing each time. And I do have a couple like questions that will sit there for forever. (laughs) So... All right. All right, that is the end of round two. Adam, what is our score going into the final round? Well, we have got an exciting one. It is all tied up 80 to 80 going into our finals. All right, typically I would have the leader uh, pick the category first, but we're going to randomize this. Adam, let's uh, well, let's do a random roll odds and evens, sir, if you would. All right, uh, because Dan's on my left, he'll be odds. He'll be one, whatnot, and then Josh will be evens. And it is even, so Josh gets to pick first. All right, Josh, what category would you like in the final round? I'll go with, I'll go with literature. If you really wanted him to not get it, you should go fashion. <laughs> I, I want to play to win. I don't want to play just to, uh, All right. just to keep him back. The decade is the 80s. All right. And Dan, what category would you like in the final round? I am taking fashion. (laughs) Whoa. There you go. And we're going way back to the 50s. All right. So based on 80s literature and 50s fashion, go ahead and lock in your bids. I'm locked in. Oh, yeah. I'm locked in. All right. Here is your 80s literature question. If you own an original copy of Stan Sakai's Albedo, you might have the second most valuable comic book of the 80s behind the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The main character is a samurai rabbit named what? And your 50s fashion question. This question also is brought to us by Jody Steele. Thank you, Jody. Popular in the 1950s, this style of collar is named for a fictional character who just can't grow up. And while our contestants are thinking about their answers, we've got a special message just for you. 
Ladies and gentlemen, it's almost that time of the year. A time for fun, a time for family, a time for trivia. That's right, the annual Throwback Trivia Takedown Patron Tournament is going to be starting January of next year. So give a loved one or yourself the gift of trivia by going to patreon.com backslash throwback trivia takedown and join at any level before December 31st to be entered into the tournament. Happy holidays. I'm ready. All right, I'm ready. All right. Well, uh, Josh, you got to roll first, so let's find out what your answers were to the questions. So my strategy backfired because I had really no idea on the literature question, and I knew the fashion question cold even without the final clue. Um, Based on the clue, Albedo, I know that's, I think, uh, the, the definition is the light reflection off the moon. So I just went with uh, with Moonlight as my answer. And for the fashion question, I knew that's Peter Pan. All right. And Dan, what are your answers? Okay. Um, I had Peter Pan for the fashion one pretty quickly. I've only ever seen this name written out, and I can only remember part of it. So I'm, I'm hoping that it's the part that needs to be there. Um, but the, the rabbit, I believe is named Usagi, U-S-A-G-I, I believe. All right. Uh, in fashion, popular 1950s, this style of collar was named for a fictional character who can't, or just can't grow up. And that is indeed Peter Pan. And in the 80s literature, if you owned an original copy of this, it'd be worth about $4,000 today. The name of the samurai rabbit is Usagi Yojimbo. Dan got the points there, but it is going to come down to uh, uh, bids. Let's find out. Josh, how much did you bid? I know I said I wanted to win, but uh, champions bet zero, so I can... uh... Safely say, I got big goose eggs on this. All right. And Dan, how much did you wager? Came down to a wager of either 80 or zero. And I went with 80. All right. Adam, do that math and let us know what the final score was. Well, this was a fantastic to the end game for us with a score of 160 to 80 dan lumberg is the winner of the day good game dan that was good no good game um i thought i was cooked most of that game um (laughs) i it just so happened it came down to a very obscure (laughs) comics question that i happened to have seen recently um if you'd have asked me that question a month ago i probably wouldn't have had it yeah. So. All right, Dan. Since you are our champion, we'll give you a first crack at uh, doing any more uh, promoting or anything else yeah. you wanted to say. Yeah. Um. Check out the uh, the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. I'm uh, I'm a uh, Benchwarmer emeritus at this point. I've uh, kind of retired, but I come back every once in a while to uh, to to play some games. And um, I've got a couple episodes coming out in the next couple weeks here. Um. And if you ever get a chance, check out uh, Twice Alive Games um, online. Um, you'll find my design there, Kado. Um, it's about it's all about um, Japanese flower arrangements. It's, it's kind of fun. Huh. Um, 
And um, yeah, twice live games. We've got three uh, games to be purchased right now. All three of them are very, very different. And um, I, we got more coming in the future. So twice live games and the bench warmers trivia podcast. All right. And Josh, go ahead and uh, promote anything you want or anything you want to say. You want to curse Dan's name, curse uh, Stan Sakai's name. Great game, Dan. And uh, I will get one of the sinister sticks at one point here, whether it's uh, you, uh, Jeffrey Sergeritan, someone. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get one of you guys. Um, but uh, no, just looking forward to the next tournament of champions. And uh, great to see you guys, Adam and John. All right. Well, that's Adam and I'm John. This was another episode of Throwback Trivia Takedown. Thank you for listening to Throwback Trivia Takedown. If you want to support the podcast or if you'd like to be a contestant, go to patreon.com forward slash throwback trivia takedown and pick a tier that's right for you. If you want to submit questions, you can email them to throwbacktriviatakedown at gmail.com. Please rate and review us on your preferred podcast platform. We'll see you next time when two new contestants go head to head in nostalgic knowledge on Throwback Trivia Takedown. Hi, my name is Scott, and I host a nostalgia cast called People Don't Forget. Join me each episode for a deep dive into all things nostalgia. Do you remember your favorite songs from the year 2000 or the TV shows you watched in 2003? If you don't, that's okay. Listen to People Don't Forget and take a particular journey with me down memory lane.